0: Thanks for reading. Um, We're going to be in Ecclesiastes 3, and some of 7, and some of 8, I think, today. We're going to be doing a bit of flicking in Ecclesiastes, so walk with me. We'll be right. Um, Make sure that you're drinking lots of water. Um, I've got a new Frank Green drink bottle, and so I'm feeling really hydrated because I've just been wanting to drink as much of it as possible. I'm joining all the all the year 11 and 12 girls that also have Frank Green drink bottles, so thank you, because drinking will drinking water will help you stay healthy. Uh, there was a um, day a few months ago where Claire and I both were actually quite unhealthy. Um, couple things, we both had the day off work, we were both very, very sick, it was very not fun. We couldn't do anything except sit on the couch and watch TV. What a shame. Uh, we watched Ant-Man 2, then we watched, that got us keen for other Marvel stuff, so we watched Infinity War. And then we went straight from Infinity War into Endgame. And then after Endgame, we're like, why not just watch all of the show Loki? I think it was about 13 hours of Marvel content in a row, and I was ready for more, and Claire was ready for bed and a Um But Loki was one that I really, really enjoyed watching in one big hit. Who's seen Loki in the room? Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's, where, it's where Loki, this guy... Bam! Uh, He is is trying to find his purpose. He's trying to find his meaning. Uh, Loki's one of the biggest examples of main character energy that you will almost see anywhere. Every decision he makes is selfish. Every word that he says is clear and calculated so everything will benefit him. And this series grapples with that as he is trying to work out what is his glorious purpose. He keeps asking, what am I here for? Where will I be truly satisfied? How am I going to understand why I am here? I wonder if you've asked some of these similar questions to Loki. As you're the main character in your own life, as you've been grappling with some of those issues, I wonder if you've been asking some of these questions. Why am I here? What do we want to do with our life? Who do we want to be? Ecclesiastes has said everything is meaningless, but there has to be meaning somewhere. It can't just all be meaningless. Otherwise, what's the point? Some people that don't believe Jesus are wrestling with these questions and they're landing with there is no point. There is no hope. There is no purpose. There is no future. There is no reason for us being here. Richard Dawkins is an atheist writer, and he writes and tries to convince people that God isn't real, and he tries to convince people that life is worth living without God. And here's what he says about the purpose of life, right here. He says, nature is not cruel, only pitilessly indifferent. That is, there's no purpose, there's no reason, there's no ultimate purpose for things being the way they are. They're just like, meh, just a coincidence. This is one of the hardest lessons for humans to learn, he says. We cannot admit that things might be neither good nor evil, neither cruel nor kind, but simply callous. Callous is like the things you get on your hand after you go to the gym once. Uh, They're really like hard skin. Life is simply callous, indifferent to all suffering, and lacking all purpose. People in this world that are living without God have to admit this that there is no purpose, that there is no meaning. And I want to ask you today, is meaningless really a good summary of life? Are you happy saying everything is meaningless and then just continuing on? And do you believe this? Because we saw here, and we've seen in Ecclesiastes so far a few times, that everything actually is meaningless. But we're going to see as we head through this chapter in Ecclesiastes, except for one thing. And I'm going to spoil it for you now because I want to do that. Everything is meaningless except for the meaning that God gives. Everything is meaningless except for the meaning that God gives. We'll get there, but I just want to give you a glimpse of the good news that is to come before we get all sad and stressed and existential, all right? Uh, We're asking these questions, what is the point? In the scale of eternity, in the scale of this world, in the scale of the God that is way bigger than you or I, what is the point? We are so small. We are microscopic compared to him. And so those moments in life that we're enjoying, what do we do with those there's been quite a few moments on camp that we've loved so far. I know I saw a lot of you enjoying the water slide yesterday or down at the pontoon. Uh, we've had some fun uh, junior high playing, grab that thing, uh, get that thing last night and senior high doing the messy game yesterday. Ugh. Um, there was a few, there's been a few moments in my life as I look back that I wish they would have lasted forever, Right? Like, I've been on plenty of camps here. In 2013, I was out on the forbidden sandbar that we don't go to anymore, and um, we were playing touch footy because the sandbar was... or we were playing tackle footy because the sandbar was this deep. And so you could run as fast as you could, and you could get dropped on your head, and it wouldn't hurt. It was so good. I wish that moment would have lasted forever. In 2019, New Year's Day, I was at the beach down the road, down the end from my parents' house. The water was the clearest I've ever seen it. It was the most refreshing temperature in the world. I wish that that moment would have lasted forever. In February of 2012, McDonald's had $1 cheeseburgers, and I wish that that month would have lasted forever. There are good moments in life. There are moments that are good, and moments that are joyous, and moments that are fun. And these things are a gift to God, gift from God to us. We'd see this throughout the passages, throughout that, that first chunk that Una read for us. There is a time for this, a time for that. There is a time for this, there is a time for that. And so it's good to appreciate the good moments as gifts from God, but also the harder moments and the sadder moments are not out of God's control. While we might not wish that the terrifying and the chaotic and the stressful and the traumatic moments of our life, we might not wish for them to last forever and we might be thankful that they are meaningless and that they are here one moment, gone the next, it's helpful for us to know that they are not out of the control of the God of the universe. The things of this life are here for one moment and are good in their time and then gone. We see in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Things are good, but we need to think about them in the perspective of the eternity of the universe, of the huge scale of the universe. We need to remember we are part of a story that is just so much bigger than what we comprehend. We are a part of a story that is so much bigger than port hacking right now, that is so much bigger than this century. We are a part of God's eternal story. And in the scale of the universe, we are meaningless. But God has made us good in our time. If I've given you a little implement to play with, I need you to do that now. I would love for you, if this works, to take a look around this room right now. I'm hoping it works. Can we get some lights um, to light up some of the things that are happening? Uh, These are bubbles. You didn't need to know that. You've known that since you were a kid. Bubbles, I think, are just so fun, right? They're They're so pretty. The way that they illuminate the light, the way that they capture what's going on, they're here. You can try and catch them. You can try and hold on to them. You can try and blow them and keep them up in the air for as long as they can be. Bubbles are so beautiful and so fun. But I think bubbles are a really great picture of this word meaningless in Ecclesiastes. They're here. They're good, they're beautiful, but then pop, and they're gone, never to be seen again. They're here, and they're beautiful, and we can appreciate them in their time. They're nice, but then they are gone. You guys can uh, turn off the bubbles now. Thank you for that. We might be able to use that in the mystery activity for senior high on the last night that junior high will not know about. You'll me in senior high at some point. It'll be Okay. Here's the thing about life and wisdom. Life is beautiful, right? It is really good. Sure, there are hard parts, absolutely, but there is a purpose that is beyond what we are. Without God, we are just like these bubbles. We're here, we're flourishing for a moment, we're beautiful, we're pretty to look at, sure, whatever, but then pop and we're gone. Here one moment and gone the next, but we are built for something that is more. We are built for a lifetime beyond these bubbles. We are made so that we can last forever. Ecclesiastes 3.11, open it up in your Bibles. It's on the same page. God has made everything beautiful in its time, but he has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. There has to be some sort of meaning that is beyond the here and now, the here one moment and gone the next, and we can get that through God's wisdom. And so the point on your outline there, pursue wisdom, chase wisdom. Everything that you do, make sure you are doing it for the sake of wisdom, of knowing God, of listening to the creator, of enjoying who he is and what he has done. We're going to flick over to Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verses 11 to 12. we mentioned this on the first day, but I'm going to read it again. Ecclesiastes 7, wisdom, like an inheritance, money, is a good thing and benefits those who see the sun, That, that is, those who are on this earth. Wisdom is a shelter, as money is a shelter. But the advantage of knowledge is this, wisdom preserves those who have it. Wisdom is a shelter as money is a shelter. Wisdom is like the house that you hide in as the thunderstorm is banging on the doors. Wisdom is where you can be safe and secure. Knowing your creator is where you can sit comfortably while the storm destroys everything that is outside, destroys everything that is on this earth. And wisdom is a good thing for you and for I. We've been talking about it this week. We've been talking about how important it is for us to know the creator who made us and loves us, to know that he has made everything good and that what he has to say is truly, truly for our best. And so as we search for wisdom, let us know that God is good. Let us know that he has given us a meaning that is beyond right here and right now. But wisdom in its search for knowledge isn't, just, sorry, wisdom uh, in its search for meaning is not just concerned with our head, what we've learned. Sometimes we might talk about what we learned from the talk or what we learned from quiet times, but wisdom is actually life transforming. Wisdom actually transforms our head and our heart and our hands, transforms every single aspect of us. And it is beautiful. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 1 Who is like the wise? Who knows the explanation of things? A person's wisdom, knowing God, brightens their face and changes its hard appearance. Wisdom is beautiful, look at this. Wisdom brightens the face. I want you to add some wisdom to your skincare routine in the morning. When you wake up and you put on your SPF 50 and you put on your foundation and other skincare routines, I I have a, a cleanser I use. Beautiful, Uh, thank you. But as you're doing that in the morning, a healthy dose of I'm not the main character would be really, really helpful. As you wake up in the morning and go, I am small and God is huge, that will make your skin glowy a heck. A little bit of recognizing the goodness of God as you prepare for your day will set you up with a real understanding of how the world works. We'll set you up with a real understanding and real knowledge about how to make decisions based on what's in front of you. Understanding that your creator is good and that he has made you for eternity will help you as you go throughout your day. Pursue wisdom. Listen to God's wisdom. Don't reject God's wisdom. I mentioned on the first day that if, if God's wisdom clashes with your wisdom, what are you going to do about that? I urge you, submit, recognize he's good, recognize everything he has to say is good, and don't try and make your own mistakes. The teacher in Ecclesiastes wanted to see and wanted to experience things for himself. We see this in chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. We see him wanting to do all of these things for himself, and then he said, everything is meaningless. If one of your leaders tells you that dating someone who doesn't love Jesus is tremendously unhelpful and will lead you on a trip to heartache, destruction, and disobedience, don't think that you might be able to be wiser than them, because that's God's wisdom for you. When you hear people say that prioritizing meeting with God's people every week, every chance you get is a good thing for your faith, don't think that you can just Go the Christian life yourself and reject that wisdom. Because these are things from God's Word. When God's wisdom tells you that something is good or something is bad, are you going to listen to God's wisdom? Or are you going to listen to your heart that is foolish above all else, that misdirects you every chance it gets, that says, I am the main character? Youth, listen now. Make the commitment now. While life is light and breezy and we're here at summer camp, we're enjoying the aircon. we'll enjoy the pool later, while we're enjoying one another now, make the commitment now that you are going to be sheltered with God's wisdom, that you are going to stop and submit and listen to God's wisdom. Because when the storm comes, when life gets a lot harder or when life gets busier, commit now to listening to God and to submitting to his wisdom because this frees us. This gives us meaning that is of eternal value and not meaningless. This gives us ultimate meaning. Knowing our purpose frees us to be able to live in this world. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, we saw that God has made everything beautiful in its time. We read that earlier, but now's a chance to actually talk about what that means what that means now's a chance for us to to chat about that so in groups of two or three around you i'm going to give you two minutes and i'm going to set a timer this time and not just make up the time in my head i'm going to give you two minutes to answer this question if god has made everything beautiful in this time how does that give his people meaning i'll say it again if god has made everything beautiful in its time how does that give his people meaning two minutes go 예. Yeah. One minute to go. All right, that's two minutes on the dot. Uh, I hope that that was some interesting discussion. I'd love for you to keep those discussions going for us in discussion groups later. But as we think about meaning and as we think about God having made everything beautiful, how does that give God's people meaning? Well, it shows that God is the creator and the one who is ultimately in charge. And it means that whatever he says about us is really, really important. This is just one thing. There's heaps of things that you can say. There's, no, there's some wrong answers, but there's no right answer I'm looking for here. But one thing I'd love for us to understand is to really just dwell on that God has set eternity in the human heart. God has chosen all of these times for us. We see in verse 1 to 10, a time for good, a time for evil, a time for life, a time for death. I Yeah, there's a heap in there, but God is in control of all of the things that are here in this time. God has chosen the things that are good in your life, and God, for whatever reason we might not understand, has chosen the things that are bad in your life. Yet those things are here now and will not be here forever, because God has set eternity in your hearts God is in control, God has given you meaning, and that means that the pressure is not on us. If we're not the main character, then we don't have to live up to this unachievable, unattainable standard. The news of Jesus, the person and the work of the King, says to you, life is beautiful even if it is temporary. And I can give you something more. Jesus says, life is beautiful even if it's temporary, but I can give you something more. See, the meaning that we have, that we have for us is that we don't have to live as the main character, but we're living as characters in God's big, triumphant, historical, eternal story. We are living not as extras on the side of the street either, but as characters who are created with a purpose and created with value. Characters who are written into the story intentionally, planned and cared for. Characters who the main character, Jesus, was willing to lay down his life for. Sacrifice himself, endure the unjust punishment we just read about in Quiet Times, so that we can be in this story. Characters who have our purpose, our glorious purpose, which is to serve the king, to live for the main character. Jesus gives us ultimate meaning. Jesus is the answer to the question, what's the point? Jesus is the answer to the question, why am I here? What am I going to do with life? It has to be Jesus. Jesus, the one who in John chapter 10 says, I have come to this world so that my people may have life and have it to the full. Because he knows your purpose and he knows your value and he knows what is good for you. When you put your trust in Jesus, you have already declared that he is the king over your life. He's the king over everything. You say, not my will, Lord, but yours. You forfeit your purpose for him. You say, Lord, I'm not going to be the main character. I'm going to love you with my whole heart. Love you with all of my soul and all of my strength. And when I screw up, Lord, you will forgive me because Jesus died for me. Friends, everything is meaningless except the meaning that God has given us. The wisdom of God himself, our precious Lord Jesus, who says, you are new and you have an ultimate purpose that transcends anything. This world can possibly offer. This is the story of one girl who understands that. This is Kathy Dell. You might remember Kathy Dell. Who remembers Kathy Dell? Oh, so good. Kathy uh, grew up in St. Ives. Uh, Kathy came along to Christchurch. Kathy uh, grew to understand and love Jesus. Kathy then uh, recognized that her life was not her own and that she needed to spend her whole life serving him, whatever that may look like. She recognized that she has been made in the image of God. She recognized that she has value, she has meaning in God. She recognized that Jesus came and laid down his life for her and that Jesus has given her life to the full. Kathy led youth here for a while, Kathy led kids here for a while, that's how probably a lot of the people in this room uh, know her. I know a lot of us in this room, she has prayed for by name because she loves you, because she has been given value and meaning by God. Kathy went to Bible college a few years ago so that she can take the news of Jesus to this world. And she's currently working in Western Sydney as a kids and youth minister, so she can work with young people and help them see the meaning and the value that they have in the Lord Jesus. Kathy is just one story of millions, of billions across time, across history, of, the, of people who God has given ultimate and eternal meaning. And it has transformed her life. So I'm just going to take a little side point really quickly. There's a lot of people in this room right now. Have a look. So many people, 240 or something crazy like that, 220. I don't do the numbers. But imagine if every single one of us in this room said, I'm going to use my life for what has ultimate meaning. I'm going to use my whole life for eternity. I'm going to use whoever God has made me to be to serve him. I'm going to give God my career I'm going to give God my money. I'm going to give God my family. Imagine if everyone in this room was like Kathy and went to a church in Western Sydney or like Rebecca and went to a church in Southeast Asia so that people can hear the meaning that they have in the Lord Jesus. When I came to this church, I heard some crazy statistic like a quarter of the ministers in Sydney came from Christ Church St. Ives. Is that going to be you? Are you going to take the news of Jesus to this world that desperately needs it? To these people that don't have any meaning whatsoever, are you going to use your life to serve Jesus, whatever it takes? And it doesn't have to be doing ministry, but how are you going to use your time and your money and everything to give all of that to the one who has already given you everything? We're going to sing it in a second, but I'm just going to ask you guys the question, How are you going to make the most of the life that God's given you? How are you going to make the most of eternity? Everything is meaningless, sure. Everything is here and then gone. How are you going to use the the fleeting seconds that you have on this planet to invest into all of eternity? God will give us hopefully 60, 70 more years. Every second counts. Let us use everything we have to know the meaning we have, to know the glorious purpose that we have, knowing that not everything is meaningless because God has given us an eternal meaning in the Lord Jesus. Amen.